Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And let us know. Recorded live. For your donation today of any amount, we'd like to say thank you with the books of Psalms and Proverbs from the new Battle Seals of the Mind Study Bible. Contact us right now. 1-800-727-9673 or go to JoyceMeyer.org You mean more to us at Joyce Meyer Ministries than you may ever know. We appreciate you and we thank our friends and partners for making this worldwide ministry possible. Together, we're feeding the hungry, clothing the poor, and presenting the gospel to the nations. Please contact us or visit JoyceMeyer.org today to share your prayer requests. Find out more about our resources, see Joyce's conference schedule, and to join us in partnership as we share the love of Christ around the globe. The proceeding was paid for by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. You cannot blame and be blessed at the same time. You can play the blame game or you can be blessed, but you can't be both. A heartwarming story of homecoming, family, and forgiveness. She left the Amish life. Now, after a surprise inheritance, she's come back to run the bed and breakfast her mother left her. But facing the community and the family she left behind won't be easy. Don't miss The Proving, a novel by New York Times best-selling author, Beverly Lewis, from Bethany House. Coven have a supernatural encounter under open heavens at 2017. Join the movement and experience the life-changing power of God. Take the Bible and put it on an app and release it on opening weekend at 88,000 downloads. As of now, over a quarter of a billion people have the app that a local church created. Let's talk with Brian Houston. A way to get a partner with Hope Home and be resourced for your life journey. Well, the Hope Home channel is such a blessing to us and the opportunity to make television around the world. I would love you to become part of a subscription where we will send you a team box. In other words, every month you will get all sorts of books, resources, information that will help you to feel like you're part of that team or help us make this great message. You can treat people well 
if you don't know God loves you and you can't love God until you have received his love freely. Jesus said you'd love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength. We go around trying to love people and we're not even whole within ourselves. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. The way you love your neighbor is the way you love yourself. If you haven't received God's acceptance of you, you won't be able to accept anybody else as they are because you don't even love yourself. I want to show you real quick the, the two most important tools in any relationship. This is Incidentally, the only time you will ever see me carrying one of these for illustrated purposes. One time, Elijah saw me, he was about seven, and he saw me pull out my little toolbox, not that big, and he said, Hey, you have one of those? It's a blow to my masculinity. But I would say right now, when you think about your intimate relationships, and an intimate relationship can be with the parent, can be with whatever. You, you do your own application, okay? okay? I can't do everything for you. I mean, I can put the food on the plate. I can't chew it. So when you think about that, the first tool, if you reach in here, that you have in any relationship, somebody say focus. This is the first tool that you have in any relationship. It is the ability to magnify whatever you choose to magnify, right? So Jesus said, when you make that little speck that's in somebody else's eyes, some huge thing. Now, now let's break this down because if you're going to see a speck in somebody's eye, what do you have to be to see a speck in somebody else's eye? Right, it's not something you see from a distance, right? You can have eye boogers all up in your eye. I can't see it from the stage. But if I'm noticing a speck in your eye, that means we're close. And a lot of people fear intimacy because I don't want you to see into me. So I keep people at a distance so I can see up on the stage and only let you meet my representative but not see my reality, then maybe you'll stay in love with me. But I'm scared to let you get up close because I have this speck. And people do the craziest thing because when you're first in a relationship with somebody, you magnify all the amazing things about them. Wow. Look how funny she is. Look out. Look out. Look how laid back she is. You don't know that laid back is really code for lazy, but you will. Come on. Wow. Wow. It's amazing what you will magnify in the beginning of a relationship that will make you love somebody that you will take for granted when you get into the relationship and get close. And you choose in any relationship or in any season of your life, you choose what you magnify. I hear single people talking about their lonely. I hear married people talking about their lonely. I heard a married couple the other day talk about having no friends, and it brought them to tears. Well, there was a time where they would have said to each other, all I need is you. 
that he couldn't find a way to connect with me because I was into music, he was into fishing, and he took me uh, to a punk rock concert in Lassen, South Carolina. The worst music that you've ever heard in your life was played in that uh, VW hall that day, but he, he took me and sat with me, and I wrote down punk rock concert Lassen. And then I started remembering how after he gave his life to Christ, he wanted me to go to church with him. One of his customers in his barbershop had invited him to their church revival. Now, this was not like a code orange revival that's uplifting. This was like a hellfire and brimstone revival. Uh, and the preacher was preaching so hard that we went out to this little country church, and me and my dad wondered, what have we got ourselves into? And they seated us on the front row, we're there on the front row, in this independent fundamentalist Baptist church, and all the women are in dress and everything, we're in t-shirts, and we're sitting there in the church not knowing what we're getting ourselves into, and the preacher got so fired up at one point, this little boy stood up and, and shouted, but he didn't say amen, praise the Lord, preacher, here's what the little boy said, he said, I never heard that shout before. <laughs> but, so I wrote down, like the wild doggies. And then I knocked on the door and got the house and handed in the list. I said, here. I didn't even hug him. I said, here. I made the list. 32 things. He said, how did you remember this stuff? Because you choose. <laughs> what you like And I saw he had a happy evening, you know, we were reconciled, not right at that moment, but at that moment I handed him the list and walked out. We want to see him. But it started something, and I know reconciliation is not always possible on that level, and I'm not even saying that it's always preferable. What I am saying is that whatever you've lost, if you choose to magnify it, you're going to live in what you lost. Whatever, they, whatever they're doing to you right now, if you want to magnify that, you can forget the thousand nice things that they said because of the one text that they sent that said that one thing that they weren't even thinking about. And in your mind, you will begin to magnify. Man, we should use these more in dating. <laughs> because we don't look for anything, any morning signs in dating. We don't ask any questions about their bank accounts. Well, they love God, yes, but do they have grocery money? <laughs> See, you need one of these in a dating relationship. You need to see as many texts as you can see. But then you have to use it for a different purpose. In marriage, you can use it in, in a close relationship where you're committed. Look, if you come to this church looking for crap to get mad about, let me save you a whole lot of time in searching after You will find what you look for. You will find, seek, and you will find. Isn't that what Jesus said? Now that applies to the good things and the bad things. Any, you know, in any time in, in a relationship that, see, what you magnify, and I don't know if we understand the power that we have to magnify things in other people that we can bring out of them, the, the good stuff. I don't know if we understand the power that we have. I told you at the beginning of my sermon that I've been traveling a lot lately in preaching, and so when I do that, I always feel like I'm cheating home. No matter how much I try, I'm probably not doing as bad of a job as I think I am, but I tend to be really hard on myself. So wherever I'm giving, I'm feeling guilty about where I'm not giving. Are you like that? So it's like it's never enough, and so I'm sitting there feeling bad. And, and one Saturday morning, I had my all my notes for the sermon that weekend spread out on the 
the table, and I'd been gone somewhere else preaching all week. So I'm feeling kind of behind and a little, just, just a little bit distracted. The kids are all around me. They're trying to get my attention. I'm paying them no attention. And they're screaming my name, and I'm not listening and all of that. And I know I'm not listening, and I kind of don't care because i got to get this sermon ready, but I kind of feel awful about it. I'm just doing that thing like I'm stretched apart. And if you don't have a lot of little kids around, maybe this wouldn't apply to you, but I think everybody's felt this way at some point, just sort of like, well, I can't give enough to anybody anywhere. And feel, feeling really like a failure is a very mild level, but I felt it. I'm still like feeling up tight and all that stuff. And I need to be a good dad, but I also need to be a good pastor, and I don't know how to be both at the same time. So, and, all the, and the kids are yelling, and I'm kind of mad at them and annoyed with them. But it's not their fault. I mean, I've been the one that's been gone. And they really just want to burn. She's like, Holly, speaks up. And she goes, Kids, your dad is a great man. I hope when you grow up that you grow up to be a hard worker like your dad. He's been gone all week, preaching doing what God called him to do, and providing for our family. And now look at him. He's got these notes spread all over this kitchen table. Let me tell you something. She made me feel, for in, in just one little speech, one little speech, she made me feel, she made me bigger. I'm telling you, ladies, you can make a man bigger. You can, you can make him stronger. You can make him bring in more groceries from the bar. Just tell him how strong he is. I'm telling Holly, I don't know where she learned this, but when we first got married, I was carrying in the groceries from the car one day. I don't do that anymore. That's what I kiss for. But I was carrying in the groceries one day, and I had a couple bags, you know, a couple bags back around my arm, bags everywhere. I had bags coming in the house, and I said, um, I'm coming in the house, and Holly said, Holly said, how do you do that? I said, well, it's easy, you know, it's easy for me.
you to stand up on your feet at every location. I want to pray for you. We're going to get into this over the next several weeks. We're going to get into this. We're going to get into it so deep that there's going to be healing that's going to happen in your heart. God is going to open. He said if you would knock, the door would be open. If you would seek, you would find. Where is your focus? Let's take a moment before we rush out of here and hawk people in the parking lot after we worship God. Let's close our eyes and just lift our hands to heaven. Would you do that? Some of you never done it before. Just go ahead and do it right now. Just lift your hands to your Father. And I want you to just begin to magnify the Lord and all of the good things that He's placed in your life. Some of you are lonely today, and I understand, and God understands, and it's okay to be lonely. It's okay. It's a part of the human experience. Jesus went through a loneliness so severe that he prayed that the cup would be passed from him. The ones who should have been there for him abandoned him in his hour of need. He knew what it was like to be lonely. He knows what it's like to be lonely. And he wants to stand up on the inside of you right now and remind you that he is your completion, your satisfaction, and your fulfillment. Father, I thank you today for every person that you brought to church. I thank you for the work you're doing in our lives. I thank you that we are full and complete in Jesus Christ, that we have all that we need in him, that all that we need is in him, that all that we need to be good husbands, to be good wives, all that we need to fulfill your purpose in a season of singleness, all that we need to be good parents, all that we need to forgive people that we need to forgive, all that we need is in you. And so our focus now is not on what we're not, but who you are. We thank you, God. Let's begin to clap our hands for the awesome God that you are. For the amazing God that you are, for the strong God that you are, for the capable God that you are, come on and praise Him. We do praise Him. We do magnify Him. It releases the strength in your heart. So these really are the most important tools in a relationship. Right. What are you magnifying, and then are you self-aware? Yep. And that's what we break down in this message, Fix Your Focus, as a part of this other half series. I'm not an advice columnist. I'm a pastor. But I'm a pastor who's also a husband, who's also a father. And, you know, I think so many people are looking for joy in their lives, but have no idea how to relate to others, relate to themselves, relate to God. Until we get that right, we are never going to experience the joy that we want. So you can't control everything that comes in your life, but you can choose what you focus on. Right. And what you magnify in your relationships. It starts with learning his way and fixing your focus because God wants to bring out the best in you and your relationships. I believe you have the capacity to be a faithful friend, to be a strong family member, an amazing and loving spouse, and a partner at work that others can really count on. Okay, so we have a resource today that's going to help you become all that that she just said. Trust me, none of us have it all together. But there are dynamics, principles in God's Word, ways of relating that can take you to another level. And I want you to experience that. So I want you to go online right now. You can even quit watching me and go online to stephenfurtick.com or call now and you'll receive the other half series on DVD. This is yours with a gift of any amount to the ministry. So you help us preach the word of God while meanwhile getting resources to build your faith. We thank you in advance for calling today. And we have even more resources available that can help you have the types of relationships that God intended for you. Here are more details. Have you ever stopped to think about how many people you connect with on a daily basis? 
other words, be someone that's got your hand out. You've never been a person that's always got your hand out waiting for someone to put something in it. Because circumstances don't dictate our outcomes. Our hearts dictate our outcomes. Hill Farm Church Global. On the Hill Farm Channel. Introducing the Hill Farm Team Box. An exclusive monthly subscription delivers everything Hill Farm directly to your door. Here's how it works. Each month, we'll send you the Hill Farm Team Box full of exclusive resources and 50% off. Free shipping in the U.S. and no hidden fees. Combination of worship, books, t-shirts, apparel, devotionals, and more. Join a group of people across the globe who are bringing the hope of Jesus to humanity. Visit hillsong.com forward slash team to join today. You are watching the Hillsong channel. Welcome home. I'm glad you stood with me. Hi, Lord. I'm going to do everything you do. You are watching. You are right coming out from today's day. Welcome, everybody, from wherever you're watching. Thank you, our thing. Hello, we are talking about how it's Everybody has stories of love, but they can't stop us from moving forward. I want to encourage you to stand for Let me tell you the question, you know, I My answer is run for God. Is what you do. He's the one who spoke in the universe came. The church is advancing God's protection as well. We've got you covered on the Hill Farm Remaining on the ground under the dew of heaven. 
For no one is greater than the Most High God. This voice in heaven was saying, Nebuchadnezzar, there's something about this tree that you need to know. There's something about this vision that, that is about you. Nebuchadnezzar went to all of his wives and his astrologers. He said, what does this dream mean? Nobody could tell him what it meant except Daniel. And we get to verse 19, and he, he calls Daniel in and he tells Daniel the dream. And he says, Daniel, what is this tree? And what does this dream mean? It says that this tree is going to fall for seven seasons of time. That this tree will remain down. But at some point, that stump, those roots, will start to bud again and grow again. Daniel looked at Nebuchadnezzar, and it says in the Bible that Daniel became white like a ghost. He was, he was overwhelmed by the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had told him. And Daniel looked at him and he said, I wish this dream was about your enemies. I wish this dream was about someone that you hated, somebody else, someone further down in, in history. But, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, in verse 22, he says, that tree is you, and you're about to fall. Everything you've built, this massive empire, Babylon was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. It was incredible. At the center, the epicenter of Babylon, it was like New York City in its time. Nebuchadnezzar had constructed skyscraping buildings, and, and, and the amazing thing about it is he had found a way to build gardens on the top of these skyscrapers that would hang deep down and touch the, the bottom of the buildings. And so everybody marveled at the amazing intelligence and design and architects that Nebuchadnezzar had come up with. And he was about to lose all of it. Daniel looked at him and he said in verse 24, this is what the dream means, your majesty. What the Most High has declared will happen to the Lord, my King. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow. You will be drenched with the dew of heaven seven periods of time. And in Babylon, they didn't have four seasons like we do, summer, winter, fall, spring. They only have two seasons, summer and winter. And so seven seasons would be three and a half years. He said, for seven seasons, you will be drenched with the dew of heaven. And once this time has passed, only will you change when you have learned that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. But the stump and the roots of the tree were left in the ground. This means that you will receive your kingdom back once you have learned that heaven rules. In other words, there's a time coming, Nebuchadnezzar, and if you don't learn it now, you're going to learn it soon. If you don't crush pride, pride is going to crush you. If you don't destroy pride, pride is going to destroy you. King Nebuchadnezzar, take my advice, verse 27, he said. Please listen to me. Stop sinning. What was Daniel saying? He was saying, stop thinking so highly of yourself. Stop living with so much pride because pride is really the root of most sin. The reason why you do what you know you shouldn't do is because you think you know better than God. You think you can escape the consequences that other people walk through. You think you're going to uh, uh, beat the odds of getting away with sin and doing what you know you shouldn't do. There's pride in your heart. Daniel says, turn from it. Stop having that pride. Break from your wicked past. There's mercy. God has mercy, but you've got to turn. And he says, verse 28, all of these things happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Every part of the dream came to pass. Twelve months later, Nebuchadnezzar was taking a walk on his royal patio. He was looking at all of his buildings, and he said this, Look what I built! 
Look what I've made. Isn't it amazing? This majestic city of Babylon, this royal residence that displays my splendor. And while the words were still on King Nebuchadnezzar's mouth, a voice called out from heaven. Listen to this. This, this should send chills down your spine. The voice from heaven says, Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you, you, you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow, 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 cow. Seven periods you will learn that the most high rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. In that same hour, the judgment of God happened in Nebuchadnezzar's life. He was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow. He was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived in this beastly manner, and his hair was as long as eagle's feathers. His nails grew out like bird claws. Pride led to his downfall. Because when you think you can't develop pride, when you think that it's incapable for yourself to develop beastliness on the inside, a sense of, uh, I deserve all the good things in my life, I'm owed everything that's good in my life, I built this empire, I made myself successful, that's a good sign you got pride in your heart. We can spot pride in other people, but it's so hard to spot pride in ourselves. You know, you can sniff it, you're like, man, Paul, that's, that's arrogance right there. But we don't see it in ourselves. We can point at it in our husband, point at it in your wife, point at it in your parents, in your kids, in your teacher, in another classmate, in one of the athletes on your sports team, one of the worship leaders, some other singer, some other person, some famous, you know, celebrity. Oh, they're so prideful. But this message is for you today. This isn't for everyone else in your life. This is for me and for you to examine our hearts and say, God, I developed pride. There's four things we can learn from this passage. And the first thing is God always sends warnings. The warnings of pride. God gave a dream, a vision to Nebuchadnezzar to wake him up and say, change while there's still time. Repent. The warnings of pride. God sent Daniel into his life, and God will send Daniels into your life to warn you. Pride comes before a fall. Maybe I'm a Daniel today that God's using to just say, hey, you need to change. You need to turn. There's pride in your heart. You don't see it. And it's going to be hard for you to see until you recognize there's some areas that are unsurrendered to God. Daniel was talking to Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, Nebuchadnezzar, there's still time. Isn't it crazy that it didn't happen for 12 months? I mean, look at that verse. In verse 28, all these things happened that Daniel said would happen. He warned them. 12 months later. Because while you're sleeping and thinking that you don't have to change and repent, Isaiah says there is a due time for the proud and the lofty to fall. God declared it. Don't think you can escape the consequences of pride. Don't you think that you can hide that sin and think, I can get away with this. God won't know. I can do what I want to do because I'm in control of my body. I'm in control of my future. I'm in control. God will send you the due consequences of pride if you refuse to repent. He'll give you time to repent. He'll warn you. Right? It's like those construction workers wearing the orange vest and warning you, bridge is out, don't keep driving. Nebuchadnezzar's nose was too high in the air to see Daniel in the orange vest waving. You're headed towards the fall. Stop while you still can. And boom, Nebuchadnezzar fell. 
just like the tree in his dream. God knows how to humble the proud and exalt the humble. He knows how to do it. And that's good news for those in this room that have humbled yourself because promotion is coming. But for those in this room that think that you know it all and you're always right and everyone else is wrong and you refuse to apologize to your wife even though you know you should, today's your day. Today's your day to crush pride before pride crushes you. When you say, it's my money, it's my money, it's my family, my kids, my stuff, my life, they offended me, they owe me an apology, cosmic plagiarism. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us deserve hell. But the grace of Jesus Christ has intervened. And the healing from God gives us freedom. There's a solution for God's end in a dwindle. Or maybe you have a desire to step into a deeper walk with God. You don't know how to achieve it. Pastor Paul's new mini book, Stepping Into Revival, teaches you how to have a personal revival in your faith, family, and the community to prayer. In this book, you'll learn personal revival so you can invigorate the life of belief and how community and relationships can be the center or to knowing God on a deeper level. Stepping into revival reveals the spiritual steps that bring an intimate relationship with God and the practical ways to implement those steps in your life. Step into that deeper relationship with God. Get your free copy today. It's our gift to you by calling 1-800-760-2360 or visit us online. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction. James chapter 4, verse 10 says, Humble yourselves before God so that you will be lifted up. There's something about getting low that causes God to get attention to bring you higher. But when you try to get higher, it gets God's attention to bring you lower. Pride manifests itself in several different ways. And this is the second thing we see in this passage, the heart of pride. Pride carries an oneness. You owe me something. God, you owe me this. I deserve this. The heart of pride is constantly concerned with what I deserve. I deserve more. I deserve better. My wife should treat me better. My kids should respect me more. I should be more respected. I should be thanked at my work. I should be more appreciated. They don't appreciate me enough. I'm going to go work somewhere where they appreciate me more. Me, me, me. I, 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 my, my. Want to talk about me? You want to talk about mine? Want to talk about me, myself? Oh, my. How many of y'all remember that country song? Y'all are like, that was my jam. Repent. <laughs> There's something about pride, though, that just is considered so self-absorbed that it's hard to be thankful for anyone or anything. Nothing's a gift. And that's why when you get gifts, it's like you're not surprised. You don't react to the sense of, oh, thank you so much. You're like, Cool. Right. And everybody sees it but you. Because the gift is not good enough in your eyes. It should have been more. It should have been better. They should have done something more for you. They should have appreciated you more. They didn't say enough nice things about you. They didn't notice you when you walked in the room. They didn't shake your hand. Pastor forgot your name. Go find another church where he knows your name. God constantly gives these people entitlements to just keep on ruining their life. And living with this miserable condition, you can have all the money in the world. 
Nebuchadnezzar had all the money that he could acquire, and he was losing sleep. Some of the wealthiest people in the world are miserable on the inside because they haven't surrendered to God. They want something bigger than this world. They're trying to make themselves bigger than they really are. And when you try to become bigger than you are, you end up becoming less than you were created to be. You become less than human. Like Nebuchadnezzar, you act like a beast. Pride just makes you look so beastly on the inside. And, and soon enough, it comes out on the outside. You know, I remember going to ORU, and the only job available was working as a janitor. And so I was working there, and I was picking up nachos for people, and I was frustrated because I felt like I was entitled to a better job. And so I would just be, you know, just talking under my breath as I'm picking up nachos, and people are looking at me like, who's the insane guy over there? Cleaning up nachos. Who's the Nebuchadnezzar hiding in the bleachers up there? And I'm back there, and I'm just like, I deserve better than this. And I, I, I should have a better job than this. And I should be making more than $5 an hour, and, you know, all this stuff. And, <laughs> and I remember during that time, God gave me a song. I was reading the book of John, I came again, uh, across John 3.30, and the scripture was, I must decrease, he must increase. He must become more, and I must become less. This was John's words when all of his followers started leaving him and going to follow Jesus. And someone came up to John and they said, aren't you jealous? You're losing. Aren't you jealous? You're now second. You're no longer first. Everybody was coming to you to get baptized. Now they're leaving your ministry and they're going to Jesus. And John says, no, no, this is good. I must become less and he must become more. I must decrease and he must increase. It's not about me. It's not about me. And this song came out as I was reading that scripture and taking up nonsense, I started singing this song, I must decrease, he must increase. Lord, I want more of you. And I wrote this song, I put it on a CD, and I was excited. I submitted it to ORU Worship Team and they said, we're making an album, and we're going to put your song on the album. It's going to be one of our top songs. And I was so excited. They said, but you're not going to sing it. Your friend Brad's going to sing it, because he's got a better voice than you. <laughs> I went from being so excited to being so mad, because I knew Brad. We lived on the same dorm floor. And I was like, he's not better than me. He doesn't sing better than me. Pride is constantly jealous and comparing itself to everybody else. But by the way, if you have comparison problems, you have pride problems. When we are constantly comparing ourselves with other people, we're not thankful with who God created us to be. We don't recognize the gifts that God's given us. And we're not able to celebrate the gifts that God's given other people. I was mad at Brad. And they said, well, Paul, you can stand, the night that we record this live recording of your song, you can stand in the back of the choir bleachers, and we'll let you sing it. And I was like, okay. So I go back there, and I remember, Paul in that corner, baby center, packed auditorium, Brad's in the center front, he's singing my song. And the song is, I must decrease, he must increase. Well, while he's singing it, I'm like, he must decrease, I must increase. Lord, I want more of me. <laughs> Because pride turns you into a beast. And you're crazy. And you know it. Because you're so self-absorbed. You're like, why does this feel good, but it's so mean? Because God, isn't the amazing thing, when Nebuchadnezzar goes through this crazy, prideful surgery, where God literally rips pride out of his heart, at the end of the chapter, Nebuchadnezzar thanks God. 
for walking through the season of humiliation. He actually thanks God for going through the pain. Suffering will either harden your heart or humble your heart. For Nebuchadnezzar, it humbled him. Man, they were broken. He goes, oh my Lord, thank you. I needed to go through this. I needed to become this beast so I could see what was really on the inside of me. This cancer that was eating away the enjoyment of my life. Where I thought it was all about me. But I realized it's all about you. I had to go through this to see it. The heart of pride is constantly at war with the heart of humility. Number three, the result of pride. The result of pride. Pride makes you less than who you were created to be. The more you carry on this attitude of, I don't need to apologize. I know what's best for me. I'm in control of my life. Pride says you're in control instead of God's in control. But who gave you that life? Who gave you those legs? Who gave you those eyes? Who gave you those ears? Who gave you the brain to have intellect? Who gave you the, the opportunity? Who placed you in the family that you were born into? The year that you were born, God gave you that skin color. God gave you that unique personality that you have. You are blessed because God put you on this earth for such a time as this. You don't own yourself. You are God's creation. Why didn't Nebuchadnezzar repent earlier? Why did it take seven seasons, three and a half years, for him to finally change? We don't know. All we know is during that time, he became like a beast, like an animal. And so we get to the fourth point. The fourth point is this, the healing from pride. There is a healing that only God can bring. How do you get healed of pride? How do you get set free from this beastly nature that the enemy tries to continue to build in your heart? Well, look what Nebuchadnezzar did. In verse 34, after this time had passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven. I'm going to say, look up. That's where your answer is at. When you think you control this life, it's cosmic plagiarism. You are telling God, the author, the source, the one who wrote and published your life, I control it. I own it. It'd be like me taking Cole Taylor's song, Fully Devoted, and telling you guys, it's my song. I wrote it. You guys would be like, wait a minute. We saw Cole's name on it. I don't care. I put my name on it. You're like, what? That's plagiarism. That's what you do with God, though. When you say, it's my money, it's my money, it's my family, my kids, my stuff, my life. They offended me. They owed me an apology. Cosmic plagiarism. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us deserve hell. But the grace of Jesus Christ has intervened. And the healing from God gives us freedom. And I don't think there's a better illustration outside the Bible than the story of Narnia, where C.S. Lewis talks to us about what this healing looks like. He tells us about a little boy named Eustace, who lived in Narnia. And Eustace had a proud heart. He became greedy. He wanted more and more. And he fell asleep on the ward of a dragon. And Eustace wakes up, and C.S. Lewis is this, you know, imaginative author, all the, the chronicles of Narnia that he's written. And he says, when Eustace woke up from the dragon, he had become a dragon. He was clothed in dragon skin, and he was breathing fire. He hated himself. He hated how he looked. He began to scratch himself. I don't want to be like this. I don't want this. I want this. And he began to try to change himself and morph himself back into the boy that he knew he was supposed to be, but he couldn't do it. And so he had to come to the Christ-like figure, Aslan, the lion. 
just like the beast, needed someone from the outside to change him. True love, Aslan roots at Eustace and sees the dragon, but he sees past the dragon. He sees Eustace. When Jesus looks at you, he sees past the pride. He sees past the sin. He sees past the pornography. He sees past the adultery. He sees past the greed. He sees past the cheating, the lying, the stealing, the ugliness of all of our hearts. The pharisaical religiosity, self-righteous mentality that we carry. And he says, I see you. I want to heal you. And Eustace says, I need you to undress me. I need you. I can't do it. I need you, God. I need you, Aslan. Aslan takes his paw and he rips Eustace. And you think he's going to kill him. Because he just claws Eustace and he peels the dragon skin off of him until he's down to who he really is. There's Eustace and he's crying. And he says, I thought you were going to kill me. I thought your claws would go right to my heart. What was C.S. Lewis saying? He was saying there's something that only God can do through the stripping away of pride that you think it's going to destroy you like Nebuchadnezzar, but he lets you be restored instead. He restores you. His kindness leads us to repentance. And sometimes we think his kindness is letting us get away with everything. But sometimes his kindness is leading us through something that's difficult and troubling. And it's in that moment that we come to him and say, God, thank you. You didn't cause this storm, but you sure know how to pull the pride out of my heart in the middle of this storm. You didn't bring this sickness, but you sure know how to bring me to my knees in humility to lean on you in the midst of this pain. And Nebuchadnezzar gets up from this, and God speaks through Nebuchadnezzar. He said, I praised and I worship the Most High and honor the one who lives forever. His rule is everlasting. His kingdom is eternal. All the people of the earth are nothing compared to him. He does as he pleases. Among the angels of heaven and among the people of earth, no one can stop God or say to God, what do you mean by doing these things? And then my sanity returned to me. And so did my honor and my glory and my kingdom. My advisors and nobles, they finally sought me out again. I was restored as head of the kingdom with even greater honor than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the true king the King of Heaven. All His acts are just and true, and He's able to humble the proud. Give God praise this morning. Aren't you glad for a happy ending? Wow, what a powerful passage of Scripture. Did a man who had everything lost it all because of pride, and finally it surfaced, and he hit rock bottom until the day that he cried out to God, and God changed his heart. You know, maybe you've walked through seasons where you've lost it all. Maybe you didn't realize it, but there was pride in your life. I know I've been there before. I know I've come through seasons thinking I was totally fine, but God revealing in my heart there was pride, there was selfishness. It's in those moments that God heals our heart, changes our heart, changes our life, and he can do it for you right now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus... I surrender to you. You must increase, and I must decrease. It's all about you, God. It's not about me. Use my life for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to help you out with walking in victory in your life, walking in revival. And I've got a new mini book that I just finished called Stepping into Revival. And I want to send it to you today. It's going to help you in your relationships, in your everyday life. If you want this mini book, all you got to do is call us or go to our website, pauldoherty.org, and you can request it today, and we'll send it to you right from the website. 
Thanks so much for watching. We love you. It means the world that you keep supporting us to reach people with God's message. We'll see you next time. And never forget, your best days are right in front of you. Does your passion for God seem to have dwindled? Or maybe you have a desire to step into a deeper walk with God. You don't know how to achieve it? Pastor Paul's new mini book, Stepping Into Revival, teaches you how to have a personal revival in your faith, family, and your community prayer. In this book, you'll learn your personal revival reconfigurates the life of a belief and a community and relationships can be the knowing God from a deeper level. Stepping into revival reveals the spiritual steps bring an intimate relationship with God and the practical ways to implement those steps in your life. Step into that deeper relationship with God. Get your free copy today. It's our gift to you by calling 1-800-760-2360 or visit us online. Now is the time to dream bigger, to go further, to move forward, and know who you are. Original, unconventional, extraordinary. So go ahead and live in your purpose, on your destiny, fulfill your calling. This is real. This is about. This is how you change your world. Victory Bible College. You have ways of thinking walled off in your mind that are keeping you from the life that God wants you to live. We can relapse and sit back because every setback is a setup for a comeback. You might be knocked down, but you're not knocked out. We walk with the God of hope and we will live happily ever after. Welcome to church. I'd like to welcome you to join me Ben Corson with Hope Generation here on the Hillsong Channel. Introducing the Hillsong Team Box, an exclusive monthly subscription that delivers everything Hillsong directly to your door. Here's how it works. Each month we'll send you the Hillsong Team Box full of exclusive resources at 50% off, free shipping in the U.S., and no hidden fees. Combination of worship, books, t-shirts, apparel, devotional, and more. Joining groups of people across the globe who are bringing the hope of Jesus to humanity. Visit Hillsong.com forward slash team to join today. You're watching the Hillsong channel. Welcome home. I'm glad you All right, Lord, I want to use everything you do. You are watching the Hillsong live stream. Welcome, everybody, from wherever you're watching.
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile. If you can, for the grace of God, let me clap those hands. Clap those hands. Clap those hands. If you can, for the grace of God, let me clap those hands. Oh, clap those hands. 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 Clap those hands
Download the free Stingray Music mobile app.
How you be? You running late, I see. Well, you know, I have to be there at 8.15. You said what? I don't have to be to work at 8.15 now. Oh, okay. Oh, that's uh, cool. Uh, that's yeah, cool. Yep, 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 yep. So, still going good for you? It's cool. Uh, you know, I hate to brag. I'm going to brag. You get let down. <laughs> you know what? I hate to brag, you know, when you brag, there's always something. <laughs> so I'm just saying it's good. Okay. okay. All right, I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Do you remember Ernestine Collins that used to work up there in the business office or something like that? Uh, her husband used to be uh, on the maintenance crew there still. What's the name again? Ernestine Collins. In the business office? I don't know whether she did. She, she did something. She probably worked up at TR somewhere or probably up there register's office or something like that. You had the name sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, I have sent a picture. You know, she took her journey. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm going to tell you this. Huh? You said what? I found not mean to tell you that last week, but I, for some okay. reason, she slipped my mind, and I thought about the fact that James Arthur called me. Uh, oh, I thought he was dead. Me. No, he's not. No, he's not. He called me uh, Saturday. Oh, okay. And he asked me, did I go to the funeral? I'm like, nope. Hmm. Wow. Now, where is he at now? He's in Ohio. He's still in Ohio, okay. Yep. Okay. Wow. He's he's had heart surgery with the calcium and everything. He had heart surgery. Yep. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess time keeps moving on. Yeah, but I'm sorry about you. I don't know if that was your classmate, Pam's class. I'm not Pam. Yeah, Pam's classmate. It's the country. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was, she was your classmate as well. Uh, she was like year behind me. Pam's a year behind me, so. Yeah. I had to look through the yearbook to see who's who. <laughs> oh, you didn't know her? Mm, I probably know, you know, back in the, you know, looking at the faces and stuff, I probably remember that, but. Right off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, I think she panned when we got our homecoming this year at um at high school. I mean this weekend in high school. The reunion. Uh huh. High school homecoming. She said homecoming is grown. It's kind of like a college homecoming. 
But everybody's okay. just kicking it and stuff. It's all right. Cool, bang. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, Father God, we on. just thank Father God, we just thank you for this day. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, to worship and praise your name. Lord, we lift your name high above the earth. Father God, we ask that your Holy Spirit will cover us, Lord God, that it will camp in within our in our hearts, Lord God, that your spirit will be placed, Lord God, around our hearts and everywhere that we go, that man will see us, see you through us, Lord God. Father God, we ask, Lord God, that when men look upon our faces, Lord God, that we will see the glory of God upon our faces, Lord God, that blessings and that that all the things that, Lord God, that we desire, that we need, Lord God, they will see your glory upon us, Lord God, and they will be blessed. Father God, we ask that just you will bless this call. You are not saying to speak the word, Lord God, and to pray, Lord, in the spirit, Lord God, for all of us, Lord God. Lord God, give him the power to speak in the name of Jesus. Give him the power to to glorify, to edify your name, to lift your name up on high, Lord God. Father God, we ask that everyone come on this call will be blessed, Lord God, that you will cover, keep, and protect them, Lord God. Move anything that is not of you, Lord God. Bind up the attack of the enemy or anything that's trying to hinder us from worshiping your praise and your holy name. Father God, I pray for all the students that's going to school this morning, Lord, that their minds will be open, Lord God, to receive the instructions that is being taught to them. Lord God, we ask that you would keep them in perfect peace, Lord God, Change their minds and their mindsets. Father God, I even lift up my nephew, Tarius, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for he's struggling, Lord God. He's struggling, Lord God, what is right and what should be, or what is right in your eyesight, Lord God. Let him receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior, Lord God. Save him from the self-destructive paths that he could be heading on, Lord God, if he does not confess the name of Jesus and accept your will and your way. Father God, we ask you to bless Mark, Lord God, that he will continue to, as he's studying, Lord God, that his eye, his ears and his eyes will be open, Lord God, to the instructions that the instructors has given him. Give him understanding, Lord God. Crown him with wisdom and knowledge. And more than that, Lord God, we desire your word. We desire your praise, well, your, your covering, Lord God. Keep us in perfect peace. Watch over us and keep us, Lord God, as we go throughout this day. I even lift up those who are unsaved, Lord God. Lord God, that their minds will be turned over, Lord, to you, Lord God. But, Father God, these are the... We are living in the last days, Lord God. Men are lovers of themselves. They're, they're seeking their own devices, Lord God, their own will and way, Lord God. Those in authority are not seeking you, Lord God, and asking you for instruction, but they're going by their own plans. But, Father God, it's your counsel that shall stand. Lord God, keep us in perfect peace. Watch over our families, our friends, our neighbors, and our country. We even pray to our leaders, Lord God, that they will come out of their own deceptive ways, Lord God, and know that we are your children, Lord God, and that they have been placed in their position, Lord, to govern over us, Lord God. But we seek you, the King, the Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Almighty God, for all blessings. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 You going to try to make it down to the conference this weekend? What conference? We'd be at Erica's church. Oh, I didn't know anything about it. This is my birthday weekend. Oh, really? Uh-huh, Sunday. Sunday is my day. Oh, you're going to be talking about a place to park. Um, uh, I'm going to be just that age. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go ahead and sign here right quick. Okay. All right. All right.
Anybody else want to pray? Hey. Anybody else want to pray? Going once. Going twice. Going three times. All right. Rando de Cosesi de Comboco de 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 Rando Cosesi de Comboco Saka. Rande de Gosseshi 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 de Handed the Gosseshi de Gosseshi de Gosseshi de Gosseshi de Gosseshi de Gosseshi Diaramboko, Shakada, Shoko, Shindiarambaka, Hedelokoko, Deke, Shindan de Rokose, Handed the Gosseshi, the Gosseshi, the Gosseshi, the Gosseshi, the Gosseshi, Handed the Gosseshi, Oof, Randed Gosataka, Handed the Gosseshi, and Dandel Gosseshi, Handed the Gosseshi, and Dandel Gosanaka. Handed Gosseshi to Gosseshi to Gosseshi to Gosseshi to Gosseshi to Gombata Kata. Handed Gosseshi to Gosseshi to Gosseshi to Gosseshi to Gosseshi to Gosandra Kata. Handed Guboko Sete. Handed Gosata Kata. Handed Gosseshi to 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 Gomboko. Handed Gosaka. Handed Goseke. Handed Gosaka. Handel Goseke, Shideke, Rokomboko, Pandeke, Aranda, Orande, Okasa, Kurike, Koromboko, Serakandaka, Kurendekete, Shirkobaka, Korandi, Goseshi, 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 Ah, yes, Father God, we praise thy name. We glorify you, Lord. Move, Rande, Rukosada. Move, Holy Spirit, Rukundu, Skanda, Rukosada. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Sande, Rukosete, Kehe. Let the word of God come forth. Let the spirit of God move. Mm. Thank you, Father God. Yada, Rukumboku. Thank you, Ho, Shande, Shere, Rukumbaka. Yandere kosete, shande sharandanda kosa. Yandere kosete, shandanda, shokose, shandaka. Handere kose, shandaka. Handere kosete, shandanta. Peace. 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 Thank you, Lord. Yes. Be still, peace. Yes, Lord. Calm down now in the name of Jesus. Stop right now in the name of Jesus. We praise thy name, Father. Let your word begin to increase in our lives. Let your spirit begin to move. Help us to hear from you, Father God. 
help us to hear from you, Daddy God. As you are causing a change to occur. Help us to hear from you, Father. As your spirit is rising up. Help us to hear from you, Father God. As you are blessing us. Holding on to us. Moving in us. Help us to hear from you, Daddy God. As you continue to as your word moves, we will begin to get a greater understanding of how your word increases. We begin to get a greater understanding. As your word manifests, we begin to get a greater understanding. Mm. A greater understanding, Father. A greater understanding, Father. Help us to hear, to seek, to move in accordance with what you want us to do, Father. Thank you, Daddy God. As you continue to open us up so we can rise up to do that, what you called us to do. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. And amen. All right, you. I just need to go get these listers, sis. I need to do my vitamins, too. The move family. Young man on 107th Street, who's gonna go station to 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 go station to
America's church to run the run to go to the 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 go to Wayne Bridges, Okay, Richard, I'm saying family members, Mitch, Erica Thomas, Monique, Wayne Bridges, Margaret Bond, Sally Marie, Donald, Margaret Church, Bob Lewis, okay. Okay. Uh, that's my fault. So what's next? Eastern Hospital. 
Okay. Um, Lord of our mind. Run, run, go to go fishing, go fishing, go fishing, Run, run, go fishing, go fishing, go fishing, Run, run, go fishing, go fishing, go fishing, Renewal of our youth, push to go fishing, go fishing, go saga. Push to go fishing, go fishing, go saga. Push to go fishing, go fishing, go saga, saga. And praying for you, push to go fishing, go fishing, go saga. Push to go fishing, go fishing, go saga. Push to go fishing, go fishing, go saga, saga.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.